You know, about 17 years ago, I was almost arrested. Today, we're going to talk about that. My name's Daniel, and for the longest time, I thought that I was the most ordinary guy in the entire world. But this is my journey to discover that I am extraordinary, and I want you to come along with me. I'm sitting in the studio getting ready to record today, and just now, one of my favorite things to see happened. My wife loves to call this liquid sunshine. So every time I see it rain and the sun is shining outside, she's all I can think about. And right now, with the garage door open recording, I'm staring at liquid sunshine landing on the hood of my car and thinking about my wife and how lucky I am to have my kids and my wife in my life. So welcome to the show today. I can't wait to talk to you about the time that I was almost arrested. That's true. If you know me, you probably can't believe me. But, or maybe if you do know me really close, you might not believe the word almost. But this is a story that took place my senior year of high school. And during homecoming week, we all get together and we build floats for the parade, the homecoming parade. Each class builds their own own float. So if you're not from the area... It's freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Each group builds their own float and they compete in the parade. But it was always a tradition in our community. I don't know if they're still doing it. They probably shouldn't be. But the upperclassmen would go and play a prank, either like egg or do something to the lowerclassmen's float. I don't condone it, but I was going to be part of it. So here's what we did. Our senior year, we, we planned it up. My friends and I, I'm going to... Change the names of the innocent, and since none of them were innocent, I will go ahead and call them by name. Um, My friends Dylan, Ryan, a couple of the other guys and I, we went out and we planned our sting, what we were going to do the night before the homecoming parade. We went after school one day, we mapped our route, we were going to park my truck and ditch it in this field in the middle of the night, and we were going to walk through the woods. We figured out where we were going, we already scoped our target, and we found the freshman class's house where they were working on the float and we were, we were going to get them. They were down the road. We had our paintball guns because we knew a couple of the guys there. We weren't going to hit any of the girls or the float, but we knew a couple of the guys that we played paintball with were going to be there with their paintball guns. We're, like, we're going to get them. And the night came and a couple of the guys and I take my truck into the woods. And I had this Dodge Ram that was the extended cab, so it had the bench seat in the back and the seat in the front. So I've got my truck's full of guys, and we park it in the dark, and we're sitting there talking. We're going over our final and final plans, and one of the guys opens the door, and when he does, the dome light comes on. At the same time, a cop goes by on the road, so we see the cop's lights come on, and my windows were down. The back glass was open. All of my friends scattered. They disappeared so quickly. And the next thing I knew, I'm sitting in the truck alone, and I'm thinking. So I rolled the windows up, and I looked at my back glass, and I was like, well, I'm here by myself, middle of a cornfield, waiting on the cops to come. And against my best judgment, I decided, I'm out of here. So I jump out my back glass, I run into the cornfield, and I crouch down low. And when the cops come, they're looking, they're trying to find... The people that were in the truck, they got their flashlight shining, and I'm like, whew, I dodged a bullet. But if you can tell from the story, I didn't graduate as a valedictorian of my class. 
because a few minutes later, I got a phone call from my dad, who was at work, because he does the same thing that I do now. He drives a semi at night, and he called, and he said, hey, Daniel, what you doing, buddy? And I was like, um, nothing. And he was like, hey, I just got a call from the police department, or the sheriff's office. Why don't you go back to your truck? Because they're there waiting on you. And I was like, oh, geez. And at this point, like, they had already ran the VIN number on the truck. They contacted my parents. And they had shut down the road that we were on. One cop at the end, one cop at the other end, looking for the people that were in the truck. Which, at this point, because all my friends were gone, it was just me. So I come out of the cornfield, and I'm walking down the dirt road towards my truck and where the cops are. And some of my other friends come by, and they roll the windows down. And I always laugh because this felt like a movie scene because you had the police lights shining. And my friends pull up behind me. They're like, Daniel, just get in the trunk of the car. We'll get you out of the road. It'll be okay. Because they were stopping vehicles and asking about me specifically because my dad's name was on the VIN for the truck and the registration for the truck. So they knew it was mine. And I was like, no, I've got to do this. Very movie scene in my mind. I felt like that was the cool thing to say. So I walked up to the cops. And I love police officers. My, my brother and father-in-law are both cops. Um, one's a detective, one's a SWAT officer. But this experience has always cracked me up because it was the most small-town cop experience I've ever had in my entire life. And I am going to imitate the guy's voice. I can't even remember the officer's name. I wouldn't repeat the officer's name, but this is probably one of the top 10 experiences of my life. Luckily, because it was my senior year, they didn't ask how old I was because I was 18 years old. I actually could have gotten in trouble. But um, <laughs> I got there, and the police were going through my truck. I coached soccer at the time, so I had this cooler in the back, and they were checking my cooler to make sure it was just water, that there was nothing illegal, and there wasn't. And they called my mom up because they had all, I had all the guys' paintball guns in the truck. And when she got there, the cop was like, the, uh, the police officer was like, I'm going to give a little talking to, to your son. Is that okay? And she's like, yeah, that's fine. And he said, he said, he said, son, picture this. You're walking through the woods. You got your paintball mask on. You got your paintball gun on. You are ready to go. And you start shooting your little paintball gun. You accidentally hit a farmer's house. Him and his, farmer come, him and his wife come out. And she gets splatted in the chest with a paintball. He thinks you shot his wife. He pulls out a revolver and boom, you're dead. Now, is that how you want your night to go, son? And I am very, very sarcastic in normal life. So the thing I wanted to say was, first of all, officer, my paintballs are pink. I don't think he's going to think I shot his wife. But for some miracle, or by some miracle, I realized that would not be a good decision. That was not the best thing to say at that time. And I just said, no, sir, that's not how I want my night to go. And we talked, and at the end of the night, he let me go home. He released my paintball guns and everybody's paintball guns to my mom. We drove home. I got another lecture from my mom, and then I got to call all of my friends and say, hey, your paintball guns are at my house. Also, if you would like them returned, my mom says that you have to come pick them up from her. And then my friends came and they had the discussion with my mom about the paintball guns and about how intelligent we all were. And when I got back to school, I laughed because 
with a few people, it was kind of a story because somebody came up to me the next day and they're like, I heard you had arrested last night. And I was like, no, no. And I told the story, but I sit and I think about that and I, and I realized that we had a plan. We had an agenda. We knew exactly what we were going to do. But in an instant, plans changed. In a moment, those things that we had planned to do and the fun that we had planned to have, the mischief that we had planned to have, all changed. And that's how it can be in life sometimes. We set plans for our lives and our futures and exactly what we want. And in a moment, things can change. A dome light can come on and things immediately change. The people that were with you aren't with you anymore. You're encountering new obstacles and new challenges. And you've got to learn how to deal with it and how to move forward. So if you're in a situation today where you think that you had the plan, you had everything figured out, and then suddenly stuff has changed on you, I just want to encourage you and say you're not alone. And when stuff changes, it changes for the better. Because honestly, this group, the group of guys we were with, we were doing the same thing that had been done to us for years, but we probably would have caused more mischief than good. And had we gone through with everything and actually gone out there and hit people with paintballs and damaged their float that they were working on or just messed with them, we could have ended up getting in more trouble. And things could have gone differently than they did. So just be encouraged and know that when your plans change, even though at the moment it doesn't feel like it, they may have changed for the good. And from your experiences... Good will come through it if you just trust God and just push forward and just say, hey, this isn't exactly what I planned, God, but I'm trusting you. And I know at the end, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. Um, today, I thought about Proverbs 16.9. It says, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. So no matter what plans you've made, know that, yes, it's good to plan. It's good to plan for the future. But at the end of the day, the more important thing is God's plans for you. And God has determined the steps of your life. And even though you might not understand where you're standing, know that God knew you would be there. And he has an exact plan and purpose for where you're at. And somehow, he will make things good for your good and for his glory. God, thank you for giving us today. Thank you for every blessing that you put into our lives. And God, I thank you for the times in my life that my plans have changed. Because if my plans hadn't changed, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be where I'm at. And I wouldn't have the amazing gifts and the amazing family that I have. God, I thank you for the liquid sunshine that you've given me today to remind me of how beautiful my life is and how just extraordinary everything is for me. I pray that you give everyone who's listening a reminder that their life is more than ordinary and that they were made and designed on purpose and for a purpose. And that even when our plans and your plans don't seem to match up, we trust that you have a greater plan for us and that we will go where you want us to go when you want us to be there. God, I love you and I need you and I praise you and I thank you for everything in my life. In your precious name I pray, amen. Hey guys, I love you so much and I'm really excited because we're picking up and we're getting more listeners and we're getting more interaction on social media and right now i can't remember how many countries it or how many cities it's in that we're in but i was looking the other day we're listened to in 10 countries and i think it was 167 cities 
across 10 countries. That's amazing. I'm so excited to be part of your lives, and I just want to tell you thank you. It means a lot that you would come and spend anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes with me each week. And I just want to encourage you, reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, on, we started the YouTube channel. I'm going to be putting up another video probably today or tomorrow. And what that is, is that's my way of, if you want to start podcasting or if you're looking for more of a behind the scenes, I don't really edit the videos. It's not, it's not pretty. It's just me. The other day I did a video while I was talking, walking around on my lunch break, just talking about the first steps I took. And it's a way for me to be able to reach out and spend some time with you and really help people out because I've had people ask advice. And I, between working 60 hours a week and having the three kids and doing the podcast and maintaining a home, I don't have a ton of time to, to sit down with everyone. And I wish I could. I wish I could spend time with every single person who reaches out and wants to spend time with me. So I decided to do the YouTube channel to spend some time with you. If you have any questions, go check it out. I plan on just dropping advice and just letting people know how my process works and what I do. But I love you. God loves you. And you should love you too. And I will see you next week. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening, guys. (laughs) We'll see you next time. We love you.